Welcome to Connected, a podcast about the operations and the people that make up Chamberlain Group. I'm Colin Uthi, and in recognition of Black History Month and upcoming Women's History Month, we're rolling out a two-part episode featuring both of our business resource groups, which support and empower the diverse employee base that makes up our one team. First up, we're listening to an interview with the current and past presidents of POCA, which stands for People of Color and Allies. Hi, my name is Pat Stansel. I am a senior program coordinator here at Chamberlain. I am a founding member of POCA, as well as I held the role of president for about uh, 18 months. So my name is Corey Norman. I'm currently the manager of inclusive employee experience. I was a senior industrial designer with the Connected Services team. And at the time of being a designer, I was the president of POCA, and I was the president of POCA for about a year. Hi, I'm Tunde Panaki, a senior marketing manager at Chamberlain Group. I'm the current president of POCA. All right, happy to have you all here. First things first, what is a business resource group? I think it's important to identify the difference between a business resource group and an employee resource group. An employee resource group really is what we are. We are an affinity group for employees here, and we come together to champion the cause of our members. A business resource group is a grown-up ERG. Beyond being a champion and an advocate for our members as a BRG, we would work very closely with HR, with leadership to ensure that what we bring to the table are aligned with the overall goals of the business. So then we become a partner to the business as opposed to just working for the best interest of our employee. It is our dream to become a BRG, but today we currently are an ERG. What are the steps involved to evolving from an ERG to a BRG then? Uh, There are so many. There is a certain level of maturity. If you want to think of a maturity curve and we're only just at the first rung of the ladder, we first of all want to build a member base. We We then need a strategy around how we serve our members. And then after we've served our members and we're at a point where that is humming along nicely, then we start to identify what goals the business has to accomplish and how we can then partner with the business to start to accomplish those goals. Then we put a strategy in place and we go out and execute on that. How does a BRG operate? The BRGs and ERGs are volunteer groups. So the complexity of how we operate is really around what time we have to operate. So we're often trying to weave in our working hours with the working hours of the BRG, which adds a little bit of of struggle in terms of of schedules and aligning on schedules. But there is a a structure, a governance structure for the BRGs. Um, We formulate our, our hierarchy within the group. So there is a president, a vice president, a treasurer, et cetera. And then there is a committee within the organization that includes the executive leadership team that oversees 
the BRG's efforts and supports them as advocates. So there is a budget allocated to our BRG. There are tools and resources at our disposal in terms of the organization to support our goals and what we want to accomplish. So at a very high level, once we've established our group, we've created a cadence of meetings. Within that cadence of meetings, we develop a calendar with various activities. With the activities that we do, we work with corporate communications to advertise those activities, and we're supported from the ELT down in terms of our reach. So let's go into POCA specifically. What is POCA's mission? So initially, when we first started, when we first um, kicked off, our mission was set up to advance diversity, inclusion, equity, and respect within the Chamberlain Group. POCA has been created to support co-workers to create a diverse and all-inclusive space and to um, to grow in leadership, mm-hmm. to do things actually that we or maybe we didn't see that were available to us, to talk to leaders or to talk to employees that maybe we wouldn't necessarily communicate with on a regular basis, and to broaden everyone's perspective on our culture. POCA's overall mission is broken down into three objectives that are closely intertwined. Educate, advocate, and transform. So let's talk about the education objective. Yes. So for education, it's very important that POCA has opportunities or creates opportunities that we can highlight how important education is, how we can actually enhance education, offer resources, materials, things like that, workshops. Uh, There's so much that we have to still yet do, but we are off to a great start. We want to make sure we create opportunities for our members, um, that that they learn from each other and that we can share uh, experiences. Again, there's a lot that we have yet to do, and I think 2023 will give us a great opportunity to offer more. Are you able to tell me what's on that wish list? We want to have workshops. We want to have interactive um, communication, whether it's chats, um, opportunities to go outside of the building, to be able to uh, participate in different events. It's it's limitless, so we just have to get the support, the time, and everything on the calendar. What education efforts have we made with POCA so far? So one of the most important programs that we started was last year, we started a mentorship pilot program. We had, I believe, 13 participants, and I think it was about seven uh, leaders that participated to be the mentors. And uh, it started off as a, I want to say, I don't have all the notes for that, but I want to say we went for six months, and we want to continue to move forward and do that again this year. But that was a very impactful program. Yes, it took a lot of work. We had to make sure we vetted everyone, made sure that they uh, we knew what they were looking to learn from this or get out of it. But connecting the mentors with mentees was really, um, I think, very helpful for them. One in particular, I'm trying to remember, she ended up getting a scholarship, I believe, to participate in one of our programs. And She's very excited. I, I love to give you her name. I can't remember her name offhand, but we got a lot of good feedback from that program, and we continue to move forward this year and provide the second phase of that. That's fantastic. 
The scholarship recipient in question was Crystal Cuestas from the Technical Support Center. Great job, Crystal. Let's move on to advocacy then. So what does advocacy mean to POCA? You know, one of the most important functions that POCA serves, in my opinion, is advocacy. Being able to be the voice to advocate for our members, especially with leaders. A lot of our members tend to be more junior in the organization, tend to not have the visibility and tend to not be able to have exposure to people in leadership. Why do you think that is? For whatever the reason might be at this point, there isn't a lot of diversity that's represented as you go up the chain here at um, Chamberlain Group. And that's actually something that I feel very um, passionate about. So representation matters, right? When there isn't representation in the upper echelons of the organization, it is evident. And so one of the things POCA is doing, working with Corey and HR and the leadership is to be involved in how we can help increase the diversity, not just in the lower levels of the organization, but also to advocate for internal mobility, as well as to expand the representation across the board, especially in leadership. So POCA takes very seriously, and really it is a cause that I'm passionate about, is identifying and empowering the potential leaders in the company. Can we talk a bit more about efforts for advocacy so far from POCA? One of the main things we've tried to do to help advocate for our BIPOC employees is to, within POCA, give opportunities to present to leadership and be visible to leadership with the goal of giving them an opportunity to be in a room or at the table in ways in which they hadn't had the opportunity before. And the more that we give our employee base that opportunity to converse with our our leaders, their name and their face start to be remembered. And in those networking events, the leaders get to know you in a different way. Mm -hmm. So uh, I would love to think that as a byproduct of advocacy and education comes awareness and understanding. And that is around the people, where they come from, what their skill sets are, and how they were formed. And with the right leader and the right mindset from the leader, you can start to see those transferable skill sets to various positions and opportunities that might be able to elevate our various population. Let's talk about transformation. What does that mean to POCA? Transformation at its core, it's all about changing mindsets and perspectives. As simple as that. And and from the lens of POCA, it's about changing the lens in which the organization views innovation, thought leadership, and diversity in general. And, and what, what is diversity? What is inclusion? We help the organization transform by educating, right? What are our cultural insights that are necessary for people to understand about your workforce? And on the other end of that is how do we advocate for those individuals that identify as something other than the majority? We have a, a, a large population of underrepresented groups within the organization. But when you look around the room, you don't see those underrepresented groups in the upper leadership. So what we want to do in terms of transform the organization is first and foremost, change the mindset. 
How do we look at our workforce? How do we look at our culture? How can we directionally shift to align to a more inclusive space? Secondly, how do we transform our workforce upward to change the way our workforce looks from a leadership down? That sounds like the hardest objective. Mm -hmm. Very much <laughs> And it so. also sounds like it leans a lot on the other two. Ultimately, the transformation piece is what um, evolves us from an ERG to a BRG. I see. So when Tunde talked about being in our infancy, mm -hmm. the education piece and the advocation piece are where we are now. How do you measure that progress and transformation then? We measure that progress and that transformation once we start connecting with um, the various people within the organization and understand where our data lies. So if you took a holistic view of our our uh, organizational makeup, you know, white employees, black employees, Asian employees, Latinx employees, you can get a picture of how diverse we are. Then you start breaking that data down. How many people are at the individual contributor level? How many people are at the manager level? How many people are at the leadership level? That gives us an idea of what areas we might be able to impact and how we can partner with HR, how we can partner with the business leaders to say, hey, we currently have three to five manager positions open throughout the organization. We have 15 candidates within POCA in those lanes that feel like they're ready for that next step. How can we as, an, as a BRG partner with HR to elevate those high potential employees to transition into those roles. That is Polka's ultimate vision, mm -hmm. shifting the culture, shifting the mindset, and ultimately shifting the numbers in terms of what is representation, what is diversity within the organization. And beyond just transitioning into those roles within the organization, being successful in those roles, because it's one thing to say, hey, there's a job opening that aligns with your skills, but then it's something else to actually equip the person with the right tools to be successful in that role and to set them up for continued success as they climb up the ladder. I have to just add on that, I would say retainment mm -hmm. is very important. So once we get them in those roles and we encourage them and they're, you know, set on the success, the role for success, retaining. So the relationship that. doesn't end once they take the position. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, and I think from conversations that POCA members have had with each other, and unfortunately seeing some members of POCA leave the organization, sense of belonging is something that we know is important that can be improved. There's an opportunity space there to improve. Giving space to be heard, to be valued, is an opportunity for improvement within the organization, specifically around our um, diverse population. How we go about doing that, how can POCA partner with HR and partner with the organization to help with that, um, is something we're still working on. However, we've identified a couple of areas in which we think we can help improve on those things. Mm -hmm. And hopefully that is where Polka will start having its largest impact in the coming years. So I'd like you all to have a conversation. I know, Pat, you were there for sure. Was anybody else around in the very beginning of Polka? They tried. Just me. <laughs> Just you. Okay, Pat, why don't you tell me in your own perspective, how did Polka begin? So 
Hoka began in 2020. I want to say it was June of 2020. As we know where we were in the world at that time, of course, we were all trying to move, maneuver through a pandemic. Um, our company was trying to continue to work through everything that we started off in the year, all the initiatives. And now that we're now secluded and home and work through all of that, all the logistics of that. And then there was George Floyd. And so one employee in particular, she is no longer with the company, decided to reach out. We were separated and just, you know, heads down working. But no one was really talking about that, what was going on in the world. And it was affecting us in different ways. And um, there were initially eight members that we all kind of got together and just started having conversations, mainly about how we are coping with things and how we can make change in the company, how we can um, support each other through this and continue to strive in the company and do our job. Uh, and so that's pretty much how it started. And that was, again, in June of 2020. Our um, official kickoff was January 2021. Uh, we were actually officially POCA, People of Color and Allies. And then we had a real kickoff with all of our BRG members and any other people that wanted to join us virtually in March of 2021. And um, with that, we presented our mission, our goals. Um, we had a little fun um, Jeff came on as our COO at that time and, and talked about how he supported us. And so that's the initial phases of POCA. There was a lot of preparation time that you guys put into this. A lot of preparation. Um, I think Corey touched on it. We have day-to-day -day jobs and they're pretty involved. And so you have to set a lot of time up for yourself on when you're going to actually talk about this BRG. This was very important to us. So there were a lot of long days, um, after hours, uh, lunchtime, meetings, um, whoever was available because we were on different uh, time zones. Mm -hmm. So there was a lot of preparation. I mean, basically just setting out our mission, making sure that that was in place and correct. Having everyone's ideas, uh, just kind of making sure that we are all on the same page and we're heading in the same direction, talking with leadership and making sure they're supporting what we're doing. So there were a lot of meetings going on through all of that. Uh, we worked with HR very closely as well to make sure that we were touching based on our, all of our guidelines. There was a lot of work put in. Sounds like a lot of that work was emotionally driven. It really was. It really was. But that, I think, was what helped to support us through everything else going on in the world. Mm -hmm. um, and also keep us aligned to what we had to do in our day-to-day -day work. Well, that's just amazing to me how much passion was shared in the starting of that. Okay, so timeline-wise, you said there was eight people total that started the group? There were eight. Okay. Yeah. When did you when did you guys come on board? <laughs> so, that's funny. Um, this will give you a little bit of uh, insight into Lise. I think a lot of specifically Black employees mm -hmm in corporate America, but um, there was a fear of being tokenized for me. Okay. So I was asked to join in the early stages, mm -hmm. like with the first eight, some of the folks approached me and was like, hey, you want to, we, we're starting this conversation now. Do you want to be a part? I was like, oh no, not at all. And it was largely because of George Floyd. Mm -hmm. It was largely because of the inability to feel like I could 
present myself as my true self in the space, no one was talking about it. No one was, was there was no advocacy, mm-hmm. at least wide, company-wide, right? I had my coworkers who would message me on the side and say, hey, are you and your wife okay? Are you and your family okay? Mm-hmm. But I was concerned. I was like, I don't know how I feel about this. But between Pat, Xavier, and Pernell, I've had a few conversations. And then Jeff also was like, you should talk to some of these folks. But essentially, they comforted me in in a sense of saying, hey, what we really want to do is be a support system. Um, This is not about putting a face to the cause. This is about true advocacy and support. So as soon as I joined, I got ushered into a leadership role with Thimpoka. It was quite interesting. And it's just been history from there. I think it's very, the, the passion is the key word, right? There, there's always been passion there for everything that we do. Um, I think there was some hesitancy in, in a sense of joining something that may not have the support you wanted to have or may have some side effects. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I've been there before. I didn't want to go there again. So I, I, I needed that time. But I would say um, probably summertime 2021 okay. is when they convinced me <laughs> to, to give, it, give it a shot. Tune Day, how about you? I joined much later, and for me, Pats had approached me. There was a changing of the guards that was happening, and they were looking for new leaders, and there wasn't any question. She told me there was an open role, and it did not matter to me. It didn't matter what the role was. I just wanted to join the leadership of POCA so that I could lend my voice, my passion, and my experience to champion the cause of what I think is one of the most important organizations in the company because there is such a dire need to advocate, to educate, and to transform the way we do business and the way we represent the entire population of this company. It's so important for us that we shine light on where the um, dark spots are and we help advocate. And so I felt so passionate about that. The moment Pat approached me, I was like, it doesn't matter. Just sign me up and yes, I'm doing. (laughs) And so that's how I came to join Paul. It's kind of attitude they're looking for. I'm certain of it. (laughs) For sure. How would you personally describe the impact Polka has left on the business thus far? So, I've been at this organization for seven years now. Um, and I've transitioned between three CEOs now as well. And the culture shift has been obvious. With each CEO, there is a huge culture shift. But one thing that I've noticed with Polka and, and its presence is that the advocacy for diversity and inclusion within the organization increased within that those transitions. And I think the biggest impact that POCA has had has 100% been around the awareness and the culture that um, makes up the inclusive workspace that is the Chamberlain Group's one team. Thank you, Corey. And Pat, what about you? So for me, I am a long-term employee. I've been here very long. (laughs) I've seen a lot of transition and 
Yes, we still have a ways to go, but where we are now is leaps and bounds from the company that I started with. Um, we have made a huge impact. Polka, in general, has made a huge impact on that. Um, and having leadership really support that, I think, also just made a, a big difference. For me, personally, just having Polka as a support system, speaking to people of like-mindedness, it just helps my normal, my day-to-day. -day. Being able to talk about things that we generally wouldn't talk about and just work through how we can present it to the company in a very, uh, you know, whatever way it is, positive way, just flat out what it is, what's going on and happening in the world. It's made a difference for me, for sure. Fantastic. Creating a sense of belongingness is one of the most important roles Polka is, um, has been able to accomplish in this organization by bringing together a group of people who belong, who feel like they belong, who feel like they can be their authentic selves, who feel like they can share what's going on in their lives and be supported regardless of what may be going on. That is so huge and definitely grateful to the uh, founders of Polka for um, creating this organization and very excited to see the organization grow, blossom, and continue to foster that sense of belongingness in the organization. What do we have coming up soon for Polka? I'm very excited about our Changemakers panel that will be on February 28th. Okay. In celebration of Black History Month, we are bringing on board Black leaders from different companies in the Chicagoland area. These are executives who have made an impact in their spheres of influence at work and in their communities. They will be joining us for a wonderful, impactful panel session. And I'm very much excited and looking forward to learning from them and showcasing their work to um, the one-teamers here at Chamberlain Group. I'm going to be there. I'm very awesome. excited. I'm going to be supporting it in a few different ways, I think. Again, thank you all. I am seriously looking forward to this panel discussion. It's going to be a super fun time, and I'm looking forward to seeing everybody there. Thank awesome. you, Colin. Thank you. Thank you for listening. One Team members who wish to learn more or would like to join POCA can visit All Access online and check out details on both of our business resource groups. Tune in next month to hear our interview with the team behind Chamberlain Group's very own Women's Network. This episode was written, recorded, and edited by me, Colin Uthie. Our music was supplied by Pixabay and Soundstripe.com. Special thanks to the Chamberlain Group Corporate Communications Team.